Howdy, y'all. It is once again Skews Day. I'm Trey. That's Mark. It's uh, October 10th, 2023. I don't know that I would rate today a 10 of 10, but here we are. How you doing, Mark? Good, man. Uh, the, uh, I don't know if you missed the biggest news in the world until uh, shit popped off in Israel, but Commander Biden, Joe Biden's uh, German Shepherd, won't stop biting people. Specifically, mm. it was the biggest... Cable news covered this like it was the biggest story in the world that Commander yeah. Biden apparently has bitten 11 different Secret Service agents and only bites Secret Service agents. Yeah, that's, so, that part's uh, weird. He hates black, <laughs> not black people, but black, yeah, yeah, co- yeah, cops or suits or something. He's like racist against uh, Secret yeah. Service people. That's weird. Fox News did this. Is, he old, is with, it an old dog? No, it's a puppy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, apparently I read like some of my German shepherds. It's, it's a bad environment for German shepherd because they're herding dogs and protecting dogs. You got people coming and going a lot of times, all the times very busy. Probably maybe they picked a bad breed of dog for the white house. Anyway, this is a different dog that was biting people before because before was major Biden. He got banished to Delaware. I guess commander's going to get banished too, but Fox news is fun. To Are they actually with. getting banished? It? Like that sounds like, is it a farm they're going to in Delaware? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I doubt Biden's just going to have the secret service, take him out back and old yeller him or anything. That would be, <laughs> be, no, be a little, little too intense. Yeah. I wouldn't know if the PR would be good for that. I'm sure they'd uh, be down for it though. The secret service agents, but yeah. yeah. Fox News did a whole segment on whether it was it was happening because Joe Biden's old. It's like maybe the dog can sense that Biden's so infirm he's in need of protection. Therefore, he's biting everyone that comes. <laughs> it's like, OK, whatever. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, Biden related, uh, you know, horny animals, uh, we got another Biden nude controversy. Frank Biden, Joe Biden's younger brother, apparently posted a naked selfie on a gay dating site. A site I never heard of called guyswithiphones.com. Uh, <laughs> someone dug it up. He posted in 2018, I guess. Uh, I, so it, the, to uh, steal the line that I'm not even sure where it originates, but I see it on the internet all the time. But if I had a nickel for every time one of the president's uh, male family members <laughs> dick pics leaked, uh, I'd have like two nickels, which isn't a whole lot, but it's weird that it's happened twice. You know? Like, right. Uh, <laughs> Can I make a full request that I remember the Biden family or anyone with the last name Biden just stop putting their dick on the internet? That would be nice. Uh, but they, they, they try to turn this into a scandal, which I don't know. It's the brother's president's brother trying to date. It's like, is this make the president subject to blackmail? It's like, can't imagine like like Russia's intelligence apparatus going to the, going to Joe Biden and be like, we'll tell the world your brother's gay and Joe Biden caring at all. It's just like totally fucking. Yeah. Up. I mean, honestly, it might, you know, just having a gay brother might even, you know, be an upside for Joe Biden. You know what I mean? Politically, Politically <laughs> like, yeah. like it plays, you know, I mean, a gay brother with, you know, who's blasting his dick all over the place, uh, you know, publicly, <laughs> maybe less so, but You'll have that. It the guys with iPhones.com part of it is funny to me too, because it's like I feel like there's more mainstream areas, but you know, he's old, obviously, right? He's Biden's brother. So it's like, you know, he just did some spare go where should I put my dick on the you know, and it just ended up where, like guys where, with where, iPhones. Yeah, you Google where <laughs> where do guys with iPhones put their dicks and he just found guys with iPhones. But uh, it's, he's in great shape, I gotta tell you. I saw the picture. He's like uh, he's got RFK Jr. body. Uh uh, other news, Congress went back into session uh, yesterday or day, and Nancy Mayus walked in today wearing a shirt with the scarlet A on it, the scarlet letter, because she's been branded an outcast because she voted to oust Kevin McCarthy. And I was like, are you called the A in the, in the book? The yeah. A's for adultery. Adultery. Yeah. Are you calling yourself a whore, Nancy Mayus? Right. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you know, yeah. she'd really like, I, I don't know. By, yeah. I don't know what she would. 
like, I wonder if she actually like thought through that and she was like, you know, she considers herself an outcast or a pariah or something. She's like, but if I put an O, no one's going to get it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I can't do it. If I just put a red P, people are going to be trying to figure out what that means. So I got to go with the A, but A means adulteress or adultery or whatever. So, you know, maybe just don't yeah. do that at all. <laughs> You think maybe the rest of her party has banned so many books nobody gets the reference anymore? Yeah, that would be uh, funny. It's possible. Um, updates on a couple of labor things. Uh, Kaiser Permanente walked out on strike last week, a bunch, a bunch of nurses. Um, and think of a nursing strike is so depressing as a lot of what they're fighting for is, you know, for their, more of their patients to live, <laughs> you know, get better care. And the company's like, no, we need this. We need to, we need this money. So people need to die. It's just like, just bleak, bleak stuff in the American economy. Um, Good news, uh, United Auto Workers got General Motors to uh, agree their battery factory will be union. I'm going to play this video of Sean Fain, the president of the United Auto Workers, uh, talking shit about it. GM has now agreed in writing to place their electric battery manufacturing under our national master agreement. We've been told for months that this is impossible. We've been told the EV future must be a race to the bottom. And now we've called their bluff. What this will mean for our membership cannot be understated. GM, GM. You can cut it back. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, for the right wing's been doing this, the Republicans and the right and the companies have been doing this thing where they make it sound like there's some huge divide between environmentalism and good jobs. And this just proves that it's a total fucking scam. It's important not just to our economy and middle class, but also the environment and, you know, saving the planet. Um, the political stuff, like everything's gotten so scrambled. We, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, but the political media just cannot keep up with how much bullshit the Republicans are willing to spend. Like, here's a headline that's actually... A, and uh, honest, but it's not from a mainstream website, uh, mainstream, mainstream news site. Trump attacks United Auto Workers as terrible negotiators and demands their endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very Trumpian headline right there. Yeah. Just insulting yeah. to their face and demanding that they love him, or at least that they get in line. Yeah. Uh, J.D. Vance keeps showing up on the picket lines to do God knows what, since he's opposed to everything the workers want. And here's uh, Representative Marcy Kaptur from Ohio uh, giving him an appropriate amount of shade over his uh, tomfoolery. Very well. Nice to see you, Marcy. Mm-hmm. Good to see you. <laughs> yeah. First time here? First time here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. That's a bad, that that's a that's a bless your heart for a Yankee. Uh, sure. She also, <laughs> if you're only listening, she uh, she left him hanging on a fist bump attempt, which I also yeah. liked. He like shook her yeah. hand and he went to give her a fist bump, and she just weren't having it. Yeah, disdain. The Democratic Party's finally learning from people like John Fetterman. Disdain's the only way to greet these motherfuckers. So, yeah. I mean, uh, what is he do? I mean, I whatever. Just to like try to score points or whatnot, mm-hmm. but it's just so like baldly disingenuous you know what i mean like like you said like i a republican senator going to the, the front lines of a labor movement is uh you know it's a bit yep. much i mean we're be talking about what's going on in israel and, and, and republicans response to it but like kevin mccarthy as part of his bid to try to retake his speakership was like laid out his five point plan to support israel and it was to confront anti-semitism in the u.s and i was like buddy talk to the rest of your caucus yeah right absolutely like, he he'll do a George Santos slur in the next step. It's like, it, like if, if it, it like this is the, in a modern media environment, it'd be like Joseph Goebbels going to like a Hanukkah dinner and the press being like Goebbels reaches out to 
German Jewish population. Or something. Mm-hmm. Everyone would be like, oh, well, who's to say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, as we just alluded to, we will be getting into all that a little bit later. Producer Matt is with us. This is Weekly Skews. Before we continue, I want to remind you, of course, of a few things. If you'd like to see me perform live, go to TreyCrowder.com. Get your tickets. I'll be in Washington State the rest of this week up there in Producer Matt's stomping grounds. Spokane tomorrow and then Tacoma for the rest of the week. And then uh, after that, we got the Carolinas, Boston, Chicago, Phoenix, a bunch of fun places coming up, San Francisco. So go to TreyCrowder.com. Come and see me. Also at TreyCrowder.com, you can find a link to me and Corey Forrester's new book, Round Here and Over Yonder. It's a comedic travel guide. People seem to enjoy it. It's a laugh riot, I tell you. Uh, you can also get, instead, you can get the audio book, which me and Corey read. That hits for people a lot, too. Get that at Audible or just, you know, y'all know where to find books. Find that book. Check it out. <laughs> You'll like it. Um, if you only list, if you only watch this show, but if you ever listen to podcasts, if you would subscribe to this podcast, the audio version on your iPhone, your whatever, your podcast app, we would appreciate it. We would also appreciate uh, if you would check out weeklyskews.com slash more. That is our Patreon you want to get some more skews in your life and support the show in the process you can sign up on there five dollars a month get you access to full-length bonus episodes we do them twice a month we cover things we don't get to in the main show other things that happen in between we just have a good time with it so check it out uh you can also just go on patreon and look up my name you'll find it either way and uh yeah make it happen all right so with that said yes we're gonna be talking about we're take, tackling the very simple and straightforward task of uh unpacking the Israel-Palestine situation. Me and Mark both uh, talked before the show started about how it's uh, probably one of the things we would prefer to avoid talking about the most. But hey, what are you going to do? It's uh, it's what we do here, and that's all anybody's talking about largely. So we will get into it. But first, we still are going to start with the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. The DD tonight is everyone who got vaccinated since now, we can't do this anymore. Hit it. RFK Jr. (laughs) All right. How would you rate that form, Mark? You're going to hold up a sign with a number on it right now. What would you give it out of 10? One out of 10. Uh, So I thought he was going to do a funny bit there where, like, he was going to cut to somebody doing a really great flip. Yeah, that would have hit. You make it like like it's like a a black stunt man or something, you know what I mean? Like, make make it very obvious it's not him, but they execute a perfect, I don't know, diving terms, but, you know, some really sweet trick. Yeah. They should have you on the campaign staff. I mean, I don't know if you'd take that job, but, yeah, you'd be – that's a good idea. I don't know, buddy. I've been out of work for five months. How much does it pay? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, RFK has pivoted. We knew he was going, going to announce as an independent, and he finally did it uh, yesterday. Uh, this <laughs> He gave a speech yesterday where issues absolutely did not matter. He said, let me read this quote, I'm proud to say that my supporters include both pro-lifers and pro-choicers. They include climate activists and climate skeptics. Skeptics. They include the vaccinated and unvaccinated. We have the first campaign about nothing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, like, so then what are you, yeah. What are you going to do for all those people? Like, you know what I mean? Like if you get in and you have all those people, how are you possibly going to like perform the duties of the job? If you're trying to please both sides of, of the political spectrum at all times, because somehow you've courted them all. I have a feeling that most largely what most of those people have in common is uh 
being a little bit crazy in some way yeah. <laughs> or digging Rando crazy head. shit, you know? Yeah. There were LaRoucheites there. That might be his new, uh, his, his actual, uh, uh, you know, target demo. But so uh, we talked last week about how briefly about how like is the poll numbers show that he takes more away from Trump than he does for Biden, which obviously because he's campaigning about nothing except grievances and he's anti-vaxxer. So like if you're an anti-vaxxer, <laughs> Trump was actually, you know, Trump made the vaccine kind of. Yeah, right. Yeah. Tried, yeah. So yeah. like. So, like, the natural home for anti-vaxxers is RFK Jr.'s campaign. And so now Republicans, here's a headline, for RNC in full-blown panic mode over, over RFK Jr. independent run. So he spent the last six, eight months right. promoting the hell out of this dude because right. he thought he was going to run as a Democrat and take votes away from Biden in the primary, damage yeah. him. And now it's like, holy shit, he might cost us the election. Yes. So It's so funny. They I made a video about this today, trying to avoid the Israel thing. But also, I just think this is funny. Like you said, they spent all that time propping him up and everything as he's running as a Democrat. And now it's like, it's like they played a Uno reverse card on themselves here. And I find it very, very funny that now that he's like, yeah. an they're all freaking out. And I know a lot of people on the left are also, you know, a lot of people are pissed, still assuming he will take numbers away from Biden. I'm not trying to like totally discount that possibility. But you know, like you said, like we talked about last week, the polling seems to indicate otherwise. And I feel like it might seem counterintuitive at first, but when you really like think about it, like you look at who are the only people you ever see like really gushing uh, with praise over RFK Jr. over a sharing his videos or takes he has or something like that. It's like it's not Biden voters. I don't think it's not liberals. You know what I mean? It's like conspiracy people. It's the tinfoil crowd. It's, you know, that's who it is. So, I mean, it does kind of make sense that he would end up taking more away from Trump. And if that happens, that's hilarious to me. Trump's got to be so mad because like in like 2012, 2013, he was openly a vaccine skeptic who was going around saying that maybe he thought vaccines cause autism and somebody yelled at him that he couldn't have to stop saying that if he wanted to actually run for serious office so he did here comes a guy who stole his fucking lane and mm-hmm. now he can't have it back but yeah you're right like the, the 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 republicans used to have like a monopoly on people that thought that like 5g combined with the fluoride in the water would make you gay and now here's the guy taking all those voters and uh yeah it does it is pretty funny for me. let me read this uh the RNC research Twitter account uh, attacked RFK Jr.'s environmental advocacy, his praise of Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders, and even attempted to criticize him for a tweet about, uh, pra- about praising Louis Farrakhan over vaccine safety. It, it, pretty hilarious for the RNC to attack uh, Kennedy for promoting conspiracy theory that vaccines call autism and pushing stolen. Like they're literally cr- criticizing him for pushing stolen election narratives. Right. It's like they're criticizing him now for the the same things that they brought him on to do in the first place or like the reason they were sharing him around in the first place, you know, like uh, exactly the reason he hit for y'all is what they're trying to go after him for now. It's uh, I don't know. Yeah. This, clown show. This, yeah. It's to watching uh, two lunatics fights always funny, but they, they also attacked RFK jr. Uh, on a past comment he made saying that hog farmers are more deadly than Osama bin Laden. Now I don't have any context for that. I don't need any. Yeah, you guys have at it. <laughs> I ain't in this fight. <laughs> they must be getting some. Going back to his backflip that he did, mm-hmm. uh, like they must be. I feel like they must have gotten like some of the best numbers or whatever metrics they've gotten off of the sh- like him shirtless bench pressing and that type of thing. You know what I mean? Like they must, they must have found something that's like, ah, they like when you do, you know, spry athletic shit or take your shirt off or do you know wear jeans in the weight room because you're old. Yeah. You hit and that's this is America and you know people you're running against you run against two eighty year olds doing a backflip is about the best campaign pitch you can do. Uh, I mean, yeah. 
All right. Our first honorable mention, our only honorable mention for Daily Dumbass is the deep state for preventing America from hearing Lara Trump's amazing pipes. Yeah. Listen to this. Well, you have to sing us a line here on Aaron. Come on. I'll do my I'll do my best without any music or anything. Okay. <laughs> well, I won't back down. No, I won't back down. <laughs> you can stand me up at the gates of hell, but I won't back down. I don't have a great ear, but she can't sing, right? No, so I don't know. Yes. And I was going to say, normally, you know, I get neurotic when we play like clips that have music on them because I don't want us to get flagged on YouTube or get taken down or something. <laughs> but I'm not at all worried in this case. Even though this is a very popular song, I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You can play that all day. I mean, don't because I don't want people to stab themselves in the ears. But yeah, you could. Yeah. And I, dude, you could power a small city with the current generated by Tom Petty spinning in his grave right now. Not just because of that she's butchering it but just also like he would not be down with this shit like he was not on y'all's team dude he would no. uh, fucking it's like when they play born in the usa and stuff like that you know mm -hmm. they always they'll pick these like anthems and almost always the artist you know comes out and is like please stop doing that i hate you, <laughs> you know? yeah but tom petty is you know unfortunately no longer with uh, us and so here she I'll, goes i want to explain what's going on here because it's pretty coffee but so yeah you're right tom petty um uh, he actually hit them with a cease and desist and he was still alive because Trump was playing Don't Back Down in uh, as, as uh, uh, rallies. So, uh, so Laura Trump made this one single, a cover of Tom Petty's Don't Back Down, and she's it's not a hit. And she is saying <laughs> being shadow banned. <laughs> yeah. She's saying she's being shadow banned by the deep state and Apple Music or something because no one's listening to her stupid fucking song. And also, she didn't get the rights to it. So maybe they're not playing her song because they don't want to get sued. Right. Not, you can do cover songs. It's pretty murky area. Usually, you just ask first and get permission. But I, obviously, she didn't ask. Um, but let me quote here. I am, I am not quitting my day job and trying to be the next Mariah Carey or Whitney Houston. Uh, good for you. So... <laughs> She tried to buy a billboard in in Times Square to promote this song, this launch. And whoever runs the billboard in Times Square wouldn't put up the slogan she wanted because they thought it was like, I don't know, too political or problematic or whatever. So they just put up her picture. It's just, it's just a picture of Laura Trump sitting on a horse in Times Square <laughs> with no context. Uh, well, speaking of no context, I mean, what like what is she? Is she trying to have what's she even trying to do by covering this? very famous song by an iconic artist when she herself is not a musician like what's the point or the end game supposed to be <laughs> like i don't understand i don't know man you come sometimes when you're uh like a wealthy guy who outkicks your coverage by getting a pretty wife and she wants to do some fatty project you just gotta say yes to it oh uh, so, yeah right yeah uh so yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So she's a uh, you know out here. We don't need to play the next Laura Trump video, uh, Matt. But I do want to get to this Trump video in a second because uh, she's not the only one fighting her own pop culture battles. Her father-in-law is on one too. Here's a clip from a speech he gave a couple of days ago. Yep, there, there we go. Coming right up. It's a vicious thing. I said that's Silence of the Lamb. You know what that is? Has anybody seen Silence of the Lambs? Hannibal Lecter. How great an actor was he? <laughs> so you know Hannibal Lecter's real. Because he said on television on a, one of the, I love Donald Trump, so I love him. I love him. All right. I love All him. All right. Lots to unpack here. So he thinks Hannibal Lecter's real and is the act <laughs> as the actor, and he thinks Hannibal Lecter supports Trump, and that hits for him. Yeah. All right. 
He's obviously talking about Anthony Hopkins, and Anthony Hopkins never said he liked Trump. Okay, yeah, I found so, that I was skeptical of that too. And I was like, even if that happened, it had to be 30 years ago in some completely other context or something. So a couple of years ago, he was asked some question about politics and he made a joke saying that I, I don't think actors should talk about politics because we're stupid. All right. Mm-hmm. That's it. Trump remembers that as Anthony Hopkins say that he loved Donald Trump. So <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, he said no, he was stupid in public and we count those. Anyone who <laughs> publicly <laughs> stupid, that that counts. That counts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, that's as close as I could tell to, to a political comment about Trump that Anthony Hopkins ever said. Anyway, Anthony Hopkins isn't Hannibal Lecter. So that's that's a lot. Yeah. So anyway, do you remember a couple weeks ago when Ron DeSantis uses a clip of Patrick Bateman from American Psycho in a in a pro DeSantis context comparing yeah. himself to they love serial killers, man. They fucking love serial killers. Uh, oh yeah. 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 Well, they're uh, mostly white, you know, mm-hmm. uh narcissists. Kill women. Yeah, yeah. Kill women. Yeah, all that stuff. They get away with shit usually. Mm-hmm. They think of themselves as being, you know, brilliant. They outsmart everybody. Uh so I mean, yeah, I mean, it kind of checks out. Trump knew the guy from the Jinx, right? Bobby, what's his name? Robert, uh, you know Dur- what I'm talking about. Durst? Or Durst. That's Bob Durst, yeah. yeah okay. So, like, how many sword killers do you think Trump's done in his life? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's why, yeah. Especially because, yeah. you know, he fucked around with Epstein, and, you know, there was, you know, they had that, they had a whole serial killer wing of that little group, I would imagine. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a Long Island serial killer that worked for Trump. Remember we talked about it a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago? And then Bob Durst and Jeffrey Epstein. And like, yeah, he's got, he probably would be hanging out. He probably did hang out with Patrick Bateman in the eighties if he did, if he existed. He, he also, at the end of that video, he says like, he's like, I don't care if he was the worst actor in the world. I'd still love him because he said he loved me or whatever. And that's just like, that's also a good insight into Trump. You know what I mean? It's like, it's literally all you have to do. It's just okay. suck up to him or, or, you know, kiss his ass, compliment him or whatever. And he's openly admits that's all it takes. Say mm-hmm. you love me and do what I say and mm-hmm. you'll be all right in my book. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, on to uh, darker topics. Um, yeah. Little so, East, uh, Israel and Palestine. I don't know if you guys heard, but uh, yeah, it's uh, going down over there. It got really close to really, I mean, obviously what, what already happened, it has happened, not just Saturday and going forward for the response or going backwards, you know, 90 years, 85 years or whatever. It's like I wrote uh, the first out version of the outline for this, just so you guys know, is like we usually, usually aim for like s- six pages, a little shorter. Otherwise, we run over. It was like five, 16 pages, and I was like, okay, we got to cut a lot of shit out. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's uh, a lot to talk about. Yeah. So it, it, it was got potentially even way more dangerous at a brief point on Sunday where like we're talking like enveloping the whole region and maybe the world. And I don't think people really notice that or if that like notice that how unhelpful a lot of American politicians respond to this because it was nothing but fucking bloodthirst inventions and in a way that's not really helpful. And you and I were talking earlier, like you mentioned the top of the show, helping never really want to talk about Israel and Palestine because it's just too much to talk about an hour long podcast from two guys who are half educated about it. And there's also no way to talk about it where you can't make everyone mad. Right. Yes. If you right. if you're not like firmly on one you know a side or the other, and then you'll just piss off like the other half. But like you know, like I just you know it's real complicated. But also like I've seen some people on the internet and otherwise like I'm assuming you know hardcore lefties or whatever, very pro Palestine people, basically implying that like you know pretty much anything that Hamas does is 
like justified because of the circumstances of, you know, with Israel and all mm-hmm. that. And I just like, I'm just not even a little bit on board with that. <laughs> like the, the, you know, the type of shit that they did on Saturday is like never justified in my mind regardless. And, but then on the other side, like they are horrifically oppressed. It is a fucking apartheid and colonialism and all that shit. And that don't hit for me either. But like, you just ought not ever be killing women and children, parading raped corpses through the streets and that type of thing. I don't care what your ideology right. is. That's pretty much how I feel about it, generally speaking. Right. But also, like, it, we're talking about how you, there's nobody to talk about that making everybody mad. If you say you shouldn't kill innocent women and children, either side could take that and get mad at you for saying it as an unfair criticism. Right. Because they both be <laughs> doing that. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, right. Uh, so, like I, I firmly come down on like you, the killing women and children is in unarmed combatants is bad, no matter who's doing it. And my my main political position is that everyone should be uh, not killed mm-hmm. and be able to live a normal, happy life. <laughs> does that does that does that seem? Has anything that's going to make anybody mad yet? Uh, <laughs> so neither a couple things out of the way. Neither the Palestinians or the Israelis are their government, right? Hamas is, isn't even really a government, but we'll, that, that's a whole complicated situation on its own. Uh, more context, hundreds of thousands of Israelis took to the streets earlier this year in protest of Benjamin Netanyahu's government and their dictatorial power grabs and, among other things, including their uh, their policy towards Palestinians and shit. Presumably some of those people who are pro-Palestinian were one of the people murdered by the Palestinians. All right. This shit's fucking messy. Um, it's it's, it's, it's Talking about how much people are the governments, uh, Netanyahu barely hung on to power last election last year. He cobbled together this coalition of right-wing psychos that took 64 out of 120 seats in parliament. Okay, it's not like he's overwhelmingly yeah. popular in Israel before this, and he's likely to be less popular after this because this was a huge fuck-up. Right. Um, um, on the other side, Gaza has millions of people and Hamas claims about, I mean, according to Israel, Hamas is about 30,000 soldiers. All right. And as far as, far as how much they reflect the popular will of the people in Gaza, uh, the last election held in Gaza was 17 years ago. All right. So Hamas, by the way, is an acronym that stands for Islamic Resistance Movement. And the word itself, Hamas, means zeal in Arabic. They're literally saying they're zealots. Right. If you, if you ask Benjamin Netanyahu to describe himself, he'd probably describe himself as a zealot. So you've got two groups of people who are largely just want to live their lives, who are caught in literal and figurative crossfire between a bunch of fucking people who want war and death. Yeah. I mean, like Hamas, they like, I mean, they openly just want war. Right. And they don't like, they're, they're not bothered by like civilian casualties, even on their side. A lot of times, right. Like they play right. Like they're Hamas is bad. (laughs) I'm not saying Palestine is right. Like you said, the Palestinians are not, they're not, it's not the same thing. Like Palestine, I feel bad for the regular people in Palestine, but like Hamas is monstrous in a lot of ways, but you know, Netanyahu Israel has elevated Hamas. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Netanyahu elevated, elevated Hamas's status because he may make a convenient boogeyman for him, but he literally made them a negotiating partner with him. Like he's who he deals with in Gaza. He did this to sideline the Palestinian Authority because he wanted to handicap their ability to work, push towards a one state, uh, a two state solution because he doesn't want that. So to to divide the Palestinians, he elevated Hamas. He made them more powerful. So like this is like this is a really he's a really cynical operator. 
There's a bunch of people here that just want war. And you're right, Hamas does want a wider war. That's why you shouldn't, we should, we'll get to the, or the Iran part of this in a second, but you should not take their word for it because what they want, just like Osama bin Laden intentionally drew us in the Middle East to make us more convenient targets to kill a bunch of Americans and to damage our standing in the world and uh, suck trillions of dollars out of our economy. And, uh, you know, like, his plan fucking worked because we fell for it. And that's essentially what Hamas is trying to do to Israel. Right. I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, people have, it's already been compared by a lot of people, Israel and just everybody to, you know, it's like, this is Israel's nine 11, right? And me mm-hmm. and Matt were talking about before we started, but a lot of people are saying that and it's like, you just broke down everything that happened to us after nine 11. It's like, yeah, well maybe, maybe try to treat it as a bit of a cautionary tale if you can. Right. Like look at America and how it's like, yeah, no one blamed America for retaliating after nine 11 and they didn't, you know what I mean? It was like seen as totally justified considering what had happened and whatnot. But then like, look at how everything went after that, you know, a quagmire that like we literally just got out of by fucking everything up completely at the very end, two years ago, you know, year or two ago or whatever it was like, mm-hmm. And that was 20-something years ago. So, like, keep that all that in mind. Of course, I mean, they've been at war over there for just ever anyway. But, yeah. That's why, like, I'm trying to, like, try to be as dispassionate as possible when I talk about stuff like morality. Because, like, I want to try to keep this in terms of, like, what's going to work and what's likely to cause cause a bad reaction to. Because I just remember talking about a buddy of mine who was for invading Iraq in, like, 2003. And he was like, uh, you know, he was talking in terms of morality, like whether they call, whether the, you know, cause us belly or whether they have the right to invade Iraq. And I'm like, I'm not arguing. We, we're, we're the most powerful country in the world. We're going to do whatever we want anyway. It doesn't matter what the UN says. But besides that, is it likely to help? Right. Is that is is it a good idea? Can you argue, can we debate that because it, it wasn't a good idea? And if I could time travel back to after 9/11 and be like, I know everyone's mad. This is probably going to make things worse. And it did. And mm-hmm. then he, I'm just to so be fair. And I'm sure you probably were too, but like, I mean, there were people and I'm sure there's people in Israel right now doing the same thing, but like, you know, there were people in this country back then saying all that about the Iraq part, at least, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. back, there were plenty of people being like, this is not going to help. <laughs> this is, this is going to make things worse, you know, whatever. And you know, there, there are louder vo- one out. We're going to get to it in a little bit, but there are louder voices in Israel calling for restraint and retaliation than there are in the United States. Right. But in going back to your 9-11 thing, like people were posting to take about it. I understand like Israelis are fucking pissed. Right? right. I remember how it felt here after 9-11. But someone was like, well, they didn't know they didn't urge us to use restraint after 9-11. I'm like, well, we, maybe that someone should have. Like, mm-hmm. it's like maybe because like Hamas's actions over the weekend, we'll get to exactly what they did in a minute and without being too without being graphic. But the uh, uh, it's not likely to aid the Palestinian cause for freedom. And whatever, right. what Israel's about to do is the middle of doing, in my mind, is not going to make them more safe. So that's, to me, that's the two things to keep in mind here. Um, uh, so Hamas, basically Saturday, invaded a three-pronged invasion um, in uh, so- southern Israel, air, sea, and land. And we're talking like dinghies, the sea version is like dinghy boats and rubber boats. And the air version, they use parachute plane. Like, we're not talking about an air force here. They use parachute planes you can buy off Amazon. They're like the, the where you use the parachute as a as a as the wing, and it's got a fan on the back, and like yeah. one guy driving it, another guy with a gun on the front. Right? We're not talking about a high tech fucking operation here. It was time for the 50th anniversary of the Yom Kippur War, which is when Egypt and Syria, Egypt and Syria attacked Israel by surprise in 1973. Yeah, literally, um, like the on the day of, right? It was like the 50 year anniversary, and it's like 
that's part of one of the many reasons why this is seen as such like a major intelligence failure on Israel's part, right? Is it's like how you know, like you should you you would think they'd be like on alert on a on a day like that, you know, for they'd be paying, having more scrutiny towards this type of thing. Um, it is like one of the, one of the nine eleven parallels is like a huge intelligence failure, except it's a way bigger intelligence failure. Gaza is one of the most closely surveilled places on Earth. They literally have sensors in the ground surrounding it. So they know when people are digging tunnels or step over the fence. The drones surveilling at 24 7. Um, Netanyahu, his government apparently pulled a lot of troops away from the Gaza border to go to the West Bank to help some set, help some settlers do some hate crimes or something. I, like that's according to like a bunch of anti left wing Israeli ve- military veterans who are against the occupation, right? So maybe take it with a grain of salt. But you got to when when sol- uh, enemy soldiers are running amok in your territory for hours upon hours killing civilians and there's no defense, you got to wonder where the fuck was the army, and that's why Israelis are really mad at Netanyahu right now too, right? Um, and so, and Egypt, by the way, says they warned Netanyahu that something big was coming. Um, it's it just like, but so how, how this happened is going to be a really big question. And it's one of the one he wants to squash with a big war to try to get a rally around the flag effect to save his own fucking ass. So like Hamas had been openly, they constructed a mock Israeli settlement in Gaza where they practiced a military landing and trained to storm it. And they filmed it, and put it on the internet. Israel saw it and thought they were just playing around. Right. Like that's worse than the people are, uh, 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 Arab immigrants are taking flight lessons with no landing. That's a, that's a way bigger red flag than that. Didn't they think that they kind of had them placated with like money for a while? Like they had like economic incentives going with them and stuff like that. I mean, Israel did for, for Hamas or for people in Gaza. So like Israel says that they thought that like, they didn't, you know, that Hamas like actively did not want any conflict at this point in time or whatnot. And so. Right. I mean, they, they give, they give a few token like work permits for people to leave, to go to work. It's like, Gaza is not a fun place to live, man. People call it an open air prison. I don't know if that's totally fair, but they surrounded by a fence. Israel controls who comes and goes, controls all their trade, limits their access to food and medical care. Yeah. Only a few people get millions of people there, right? Like it's they not very all, big. There's too many people. It's like very densely populated. It's the most densely populated area on earth. Oh damn! I don't uh, know that. People, people yeah. pile up on on top of each other. Like Israel cuts off the food, the water, and electricity at at at, at whims, right? So like it's it's pretty easy to radicalize people in that kind of environment. That goes back to the is this going to work thing. Um, so the death toll. Last I saw Israel and the Israeli side was 900 killed, including 260 people were just at a music, like an EDM festival. Uh, at least 14 Americans were killed. They took 130 or so hostages back to Gaza. Some of them are children. Um, there's also like a bunch of disinformation floating around that's, that's trying to make the situation even worse than it is for some reason. Like there was a report floating around. I think even some mainstream news outlets picked up that like, Hamas militants had beheaded 40 babies and that's not true. Like what well, the stuff they did is fucking bad enough, man. Like, I, right. like you don't have to like do that. Maybe they, maybe somebody did, but maybe, I don't know. I haven't seen documentation of it, but somebody just made that up and put it out there and it went viral and got picked up. There was like, there's like video game clips going viral. People are saying from the war. One showed like a helicopter air assault that someone claimed was Hamas. It's from a video game called Arma three. And like you, people think the Hamas has like attack helicopters. Right. Like, what the fuck plan do people live on? But, do you know, was that just some random person who posted it and claimed that and it went viral because people believed it versus like right. 
not like a you know a journalist or anything like spread it's like sensationalism and rumors and shit just like run amok especially in the internet age when something like this happens you know what i mean right but yeah it's they don't it don't help none of it helps yeah so uh what a context here for these like so israel has amassed three hundred thousand troops i think i saw the number on, on gaza's border they're pounding him into submission beforehand and of course they say they're trying to hit Hamas and these civilian casualties are going to be collateral. But like if they had good intelligence in Gaza on Hamas, where, where Hamas was, they probably would have known they were mounting an invasion. Right. So this is the most right wing government in Israeli history uh, has been. They, they have uh, invaded Gaza uh, in 2006, 2008, 2010, 2012, 2014, 2018, 2021. They basically do it every two years. Uh, Netanyahu calls it mowing the lawn. That's yeah, how routine it is to bomb the shit out of fucking. Uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. that's pretty rough. Knowing that they like officially call that type of excursion <laughs> mowing the lawn, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, twenty twenty or COVID obviously made them uh, miss a year. That's tough. I don't know if they were so taken. Aback. <laughs> I don't know if they were so taken aback by the Trump, uh, you know, rise in mm-hmm. twenty sixteen. But yeah, other than twenty sixteen and twenty twenty, it's a biennial thing. It's every other year for like. Yeah almost the last I, 20 years i laughed at your, when you said COVID, but it probably it probably it, it, I, I just laughed because i thought it was a joke but it's probably not a joke it probably was a huge outbreak in gaza because they didn't, didn't let them get medicine they, yeah. they, they want to send troops in there i mean i was um, joking but yeah i mean probably was. i bet they were bummed that they had to wait you know until, yeah until so, lockdowns lifted or whatever to do their you know uh biennial bombing campaign mm-hmm. So talking about what's not going to work. So the first thing to do was cut off all food and water going into Gaza. Um, the media agent got what is that agent, supposed to yeah. do? Like, like you're going to make people more desperate than they already are. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's not. How's that going to help? Like not, I, I don't understand. Not going to help. If you think they think it through for half a second, because Hamas is prepared for this, the one that picked the time and place for it, so they probably saved up food and water. So the median age in Gaza is 19 years old. If you're a 19 year old in Gaza, what are you supposed to do to get food and water? The answer is join, join Hamas. Hamas. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that hits for Hamas. It's like you said, because now they can go to these people who are super desperate and give them like an option. You know right. what I mean? Like, hey, it's fucked up, right? Your family's starving, whatever. Here's a gun. We'll take care of it. Type of thing. Yeah, and people are going to take them up on that. And I know I'm a fucking bleeding heart liberal, uh, but like this idea that this isn't likely to work is not some hippy dippy thing. Like Shin Bet, which is like Israel, an intelligence, uh, uh, Israeli intelligence agency is like their domestic CIA that focuses on like combating, like for one example, a Palestinian terror threat. Here's a report they put out a couple years uh, earlier this year. The head of Shin Bet, the Israeli Domestic Intelligence Service, warned Netanyahu earlier this year that deadly attacks by settlers on Palestinians would increase the security threat to Israel. He was roundly denounced by members of Netanyahu's Likud party. One Likud member of parliament complained, the ideology of the left has reached the top echelons of Shin Bet. The deep state has infiltrated the leadership of Shin Bet and the IDF. So, like, there's their FBI counterintelligence right. chief or whatever is like, you're going to make more radicals. This shit's not working. And they called him woke. Woke, yeah. It's just like in this country, like the FBI being woke for a while and that type of thing. You know, it's a similar, mm-hmm. similar situation. It's like the people who would know when they say something that you don't want to hear, then you just mm-hmm. immediately got like discredit them, call them pussies or whatever, and then go back to doing what you wanted to do. It's like, why do you even yes. have them in the first place? You know what I mean? Like, what are they there for if you're not going to fucking listen to them on a subject like this? The, the guy that got in that position is probably personally killed or ordered the deaths of hundreds of Palestinians. Right. And some fucking soft ass politician 
when he tells them it's not their strategy is not going to work is like this guy's uh, a fucking a commie snowflake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this and go back to the idea that like this could possibly work. Like the it, so the promising hit is uh, Palestinians and Gaza harder than ever. But like, how much harder can you fucking hit them? Like right. they've been hitting them over and over again for like. We just listed all the, all the times they've invaded and killed a bunch of people. They're constantly bombing them. And they were able to mount the most successful operation they've ever attempted after all that. Right? So, like, if it didn't work the first time, and I yeah. know, like, I, look, I'm not, like, again, I understand Israelis are humans. They have a fuck like, there's a very human thing to want a bunch of revenge. That's why you need somebody in charge. <laughs> Right. Be like to find somewhere else to put it to make it productive. And like, I, you think about the possible solutions here. You got a two state solution where Palestine, Palestine gets to be its own country, which Israel probably finds intolerable because you're going to have, they, they'll have control of their own borders and be able to build their own military funded by Iran, for example. Right. And held down upon them whenever they want. All right. But then you have a one state solution where you just let Palestinians be citizens, let them vote, let them have access to benefits and stuff. And then everybody tries to live together. The problem is it's not going to be acceptable to a lot of zealots on either side. Mm-hmm. You've got the middle part's the hard part where you got to suffer a bunch of stochastic and organized terrorism for people who don't want society to make progress. And that's really difficult to suffer through. The third solution is Israel kills everyone. Right. Yeah. So it's like they seem to be committed to a slow motion version of the third one. And that's the part that I find like not great. Um it's worth noting here that like Netanyahu is like facing three different trials for corruption and a- almost lost the last election. Like I said, to stay in power, he, he, he created a coalition with the biggest right wing psychos in the country, including one guy who literally was ruled ineligible to serve in the they have, they have uh, you know, uh, mandatory military service. Yeah, right. This guy wasn't admitted to the IDF because he was too crazy. And, <laughs> And now he's like in charge. <laughs> he's in charge of one of the defense ministries. He has a, he has a poster on his wall office of a guy who was a mass shooter at a mosque. Bro, right? what? That is wild. So the Israeli defense minister, his name's Gallant. I might be pronouncing it wrong. Uh, said, I have ordered a complete siege in the Gaza Strip. We are fighting human animals and we act accordingly. Um, so far, they've killed at least 830 people in Gaza, injured another 4,300. That includes, depending on your count, between 33 and 100 kid children. Um, so it's wild for a, a, a Jewish guy in Israel to be like so actively dehumanizing the opposition like that. You know what I mean? Calling them animals and implying that, you know, they need to be eradicated and stuff. It's like, this don't remind you of anything else, man. Like, it's not what, you know what I mean? Like you guys have been here before on the other side of it, but. Uh, let me give you another quote here. It's from the Israeli finance minister. Uh, his name is Smotrich. Uh, he was arrested in 2005 on organizing violent na- nationalist activity, by the way. He said, talking about, because Pal- Palestine took a bunch of hostages for a bunch of reasons. One, human shields. Two, to trade to get people out of prison, right? So, as, as, as a, as a uh, you know, prisoner swap. Um, the human shield part's not going to work because according to him, quote, we have to be cruel now and not consider the captives over much. So they're saying they don't mind blowing up their own people if they get to kill some Palestinians too. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we're talking a lot about Palestinians. I mean, the, the Israel here, cause they have most of the agency cause they have all the power. This is not right. to excuse any of the shit Hamas did. Right. Saying Hamas is a small percentage of Gaza. It's just like, they don't, most Palestinians have no say in any of this shit. Just like most Israelis don't either. It's just like the, the, who's going to decide how many people die going forward is mostly the Israeli government, at least in the short term, medium term. My main point is that Netanyahu's government does not need to be egged on right now. 
They do not need to be like have their buddy, their hype man, America in the corner being like, yeah, fuck them up. You know, it's not yeah, helpful. Well. <laughs> Enter American Republicans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I say, well, that's, that's exactly what we do. I mean, I'm, right. sometimes we're in the ring. Fuck, you know, you want us to come in there and fuck him up for you? That's what I'm worried about. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be all over this shit, especially the, the Republicans. Uh, Marco Rubio went on CNN yesterday and called for pretty much everyone in Gaza to be, quote, eradicated. Um, uh, the context, this does remind me of after 9-11 over here, even though it didn't even happen to us. Senator Ed Markey, you know, Democrat from was it, think, Massachusetts, was booed by a Boston crowd for calling for de-escalation. He said, maybe we should de-escalate and a crowd booed him. <laughs> All right. And there's like this thing, this ratcheting effect that happens. We talked about it with like in terms of being soft on crime or tough on crime stuff. And you can't say anything in the other direction. You basically get called like a, a coward or pussy or whatever. Um, people need to sound tough on television. They saw kinds of crazy shit and it supersedes any other possible response. So if you say like you have two sides of an argument, basically like this war will kill tens of thousands, immiserate nations, create generations of resentment and ultimately leave everyone far worse and off and far less safe. The other side of the argument is can't sound weak and can't sound weak wins every fucking time. Right. Um, and again, in context, this is going to get a lot of Israelis killed too. This is not like picking a side being pro people being alive is the least popular side to be on. <laughs> yeah. Their, their kind of fascination with Israel and undying support for it's always been kind of wild to me. Cause of course, you know, the American right, that's where all the anti-Semites are at. You know, they call them all globalists. They like they don't seem to care overly much for Jews, but fucking mm-hmm. love Israel. And that used to always be wild to me. But it's like, I mean, I get, you know, Israel is surrounded by Muslims who they hate even more than Jews. Right. And so like that but part, but also like the, the book of, of evangelicals, I was going to yeah. say, like I. I have known that for a while now, but I didn't always know that part because I'm Bible dumb. I didn't grow up in church. And hearing that part is like, that is so fucking wild. But yeah, a lot of right wing, a lot of Christian conservatives, it has to do with like bringing about the rapture eventually, right? Like the Jews have to be in Israel and everything for like Jesus to come back at the end of the world and all that shit. It's all like biblical in nature. And that's a big part of why they're so pro-Israel. And that's like, that does not hit for me. <laughs> like that's crazy, dude. That's saw, so wild. Yeah, I saw somebody, uh, somebody that covers Christian nationalism, screen grabbed a, a conversation from like a, a mainstream Christian forum where people were debating, "Well, Israel's at war now. Does that mean Jesus is coming back?" Right. And I'm like, the 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 these half of Republican Congress people probably surf that. Yeah. Forum. <laughs> right. Um. So, in this context. Ronald McDaniel went on TV on Sunday on like Meet the Press and said this was a, the, the, this Hamas killing a thousand Israelis, an Israeli retaliating killing a thousand uh, Gazans so far was quote a great opportunity for Republicans. And then just here's Donald Trump talking about this. I think earlier today. And now it even pertains to Israel. What happened yesterday was incredible. I mean, well, it's incredible. so many people you killed. It, I don't know you. Uh, so remember after the Pulse shooting. When Trump tweeted, appreciate the congrats. Uh, no, because, you know, he's done so much right. other shit. But like, d- congrats from who? Nobody in particular. He just said, oh. appreciate the congrats. Like he was right about Muslims because one shot up a nightclub in Florida. Oh. Or something. Um, it's like the, the, the cacophony of the Republican response has been either to blame Biden for shit Hamas of did. Of course, right. Or to like say that we should go to like Gaza is like 25 miles long and five miles wide. 
Israel does not need our assistance to fuck them up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not sure who we're supposed to like go to war with, but anyway, let's go round up of like the responses so far. Uh, Tim Scott said, Joe Biden funded these attacks on Israel. JD Vance said Americans must face a stark truth. Our tax dollars funded this. I'm going to I'll explain the, 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 the root bullshit of this in a second. Uh, Trump said, sadly, American taxpayer dollars help fund these attacks. Um, which many reports are saying come from the Biden administration. It sounds like he's saying the Biden administration helped plan the attacks. Uh, Rick Scott and Vivek Ramaswamy both echo these sort of claims. So these two big lies they're, they're pushing are that is ones that Hamas used weapons that we gave to Ukraine, um, which doesn't make any sort of sense. If you know anything about any of these nations, politics or agendas, one, Iran and Russia are allies. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that matters, and Iran's ally with Hamas, so right. for why Ukraine would fund, it would, would you know, <laughs> right. give arms to a country Help that's out allies, and allies I, with Russia. I, yeah, right, yeah. Um, also, Ukraine needs the weapons we sent them. That's why they asked for them. They're not going to, like, give them away. Um, also, Ukraine has been soliciting Israeli support, and while Netanyahu's been kind of winking at Russia because he fucking sucks, so he loves Russia... Uh, if it matters at all, the Russian Russia's foreign minister recently met with Hamas. And by the way, U.S. Senator Josh Hawley has called for redirecting U.S. aid from for Ukraine to Israel, as if like the kind of weapons that would actually help this situation would be defensive weapons. Like Ukraine, like Israel has an Iron Dome that stops a lot of rockets coming in. Yeah, I'd be all for supplying stuff like that because it would reduce Israel's need to escalate. Like Hezbollah lobbed a few rockets in yesterday. They were mostly stopped and show, as a show of solidarity with with, with uh, Hamas and Gaza. But the, isn't like, Israel like fully fucking loaded anyway? Like they're yes. strapped hardcore already, right? Because of their long-standing yeah, relationship with us and everything. Like I, they don't they don't really need anything from us for all this yeah. right now. They have right? F-16s, tanks, nukes. They got everything. They, yeah. they, got, the fourth, they got the fourth most powerful military in the world. Um. The other big lie uh, that they're pushing is that Iran funded this with the six billion that we just gave them in exchange for releasing hostages. One, we didn't give them six billion dollars. All right, um, that's what that, the, all the quotes are listed above were about that conspiracy theory. What happened was, in exchange for freeing hostages, the Trump administration had let Iran sell some oil uh, back when they were in office, but the money was kept locked in a bank account in South Korea. We released the bank account, the funds to go to a different bank account overseas by the U.S. Treasury, where the money can only be used for food and medicine, to like to buy medicine, food and medicine directly handed out. And they're like, "Oh, money's fungible; that frees up money, uh, money to spend on weapons." I'm like, I'm not sure if you're giving the Iranian government too much or too little credit. Like, you're saying they would let their people starve and buy weapons if we didn't, or whether you're saying they wouldn't do that. Therefore, we freed up the web. I'm not sure. It's, it's so cynical. I can't even fucking. The, the Iranian regime fucking sucks. But mm-hmm. I'm saying like, there, there's non-humanitarian reasons to give your people food and medicine. Like, for example, so they don't overthrow you and put your heads on pikes. Right. right? Anyway, not a dollar, whether money's fungible or not, not a dollar of it has been released yet. Right. Which is straight up not true. But that's like, they do this all to take something where it's like, Something that kind of sort of is related to what they're saying happened that actually did happen. In this case, $6 billion of Iran's own money that we unfroze for only specific purposes and then the, sometime in the future. But then they take that and just use it to say, we gave Iran $6 billion, which led to these weapons being purchased by Hamas. And that's Joe Biden's fault. And they can just do that like with a straight face and it works, you know, like they just like this straight up say shit that isn't true. 
and it doesn't matter because that's what people on their side want to hear. So they hear it and never question it all. Just get pissed and continue with their day. The, these people are like, America's too powerful to have these people put in charge of it any way, shape or form. It's like, this is dangerous fucking shit. And like the most dangerous point of this weekend, while we're talking about Iran. So Wall Street Journal had this report. Let me read from it. A straight, Iranian security officials helped plan Hamas's Saturday surprise attack on Israel and give the green light for the assault at a meeting in Beirut last Monday, according to senior members of Hamas. Okay, a couple things. One of the reporters with the byline on this story was previously fired from another job for making up stories. All right. Secondly, uh, Hamas wants a bigger war. Like I pointed out earlier, why are you taking Hamas's word for it that Iran also needs to be attacked? Because Israel would itch to nuke fucking Iran over some shit like this. Mm -hmm. Israel nuke attacks Iran. That's going to be a legit war. So now we have to come in on Iran's side. Okay. So Russia. Israel's side. Israel's side. Sorry. And then, yeah. Russia comes to Iran. That was Russia. Right. Now it's World War. Now we're not shooting war with Russia. So that means NATO's activated. So Europe's at war. Like this yeah. is like, don't just go saying shit like that, Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. All right, so so the, Washington immediately pushed back, so they saw no sign of any Iranian involvement. I don't understand where where Iran's at right now. Why they would want to do this? I don't d- doubt that some small part of the Iranian de, you know defense intelligence apparatus could potentially be involved in something like this. That doesn't necessarily like if the CIA does some shit. <laughs> that doesn't mean the the you know the national parks department was in on it do you know what i'm saying right so, so but like iran quickly denied it and israel also said they saw no links between the two and i was like whoo thank fucking god even if they're all lying this is a very good lie to be telling because there's no coming back from there right um but the general public position here seems to be like the threat from Hamas, again, an army of 30,000 people with rifles, is so dire we need to divert all foreign aid from Ukraine, but also it's no big deal that they blocked all these roles from being filled. There's current no U.S. Uh, here's some, there no, there's no ambassador in Israel, Egypt, Lebanon, Oman, Kuwait, no confirmed top U.S. aid official for the Middle East for three years, and no State Department coordinator for counterterrorism for the last two years. This is because of Tommy Tuberville, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, and a couple others holding up Matt. Right. Uh, 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 mass slates of appointments just out of fucking spite. Mm-hmm. Like, ambassadors matter. This is how shit like this gets de-escalated. It's by having people in those towns that can go shake hands and talk to people and have heart-to-hearts. And I remember talking to somebody when Trump got elected about how dangerous it was just that he was hauling out the State Department, the brain drain from chasing the air quote deep state out of everything. It's going to mean more wars for generations because you don't have any sort of ex- expertise as far as how to get out of the situation. Like, if these psychos have been in government during the Cuban Missile Crisis, the war. The oh war God, damn, dude! Yeah, yeah, um, and it's like you know, you know, blaming Biden at the same time that their policies and obstructionism and everything is is actually making it all worse. You know, Fox Fox News to the segment today talking about these vacancies like Biden just never nominated anybody. Right, really blaming <laughs> him for the Senate not approving an ambassador to Israel. Um, so in the context of all this. Tommy Tuberville's fucking dipshit ass. Uh, he fought a police report against the former CIA director for a mean tweet. Michael Hayden, somebody said that Tommy Tuberville should be removed from his committee. And General Michael Hayden, who's like, again, former director of the CIA, quote tweeted with, how about the human race? And he reported it as a death threat. 
What a goddamn baby. All right. All these people are incompetent. The army is telling Congress to please do your job, meaning find a speaker of the house and start approving these bills to have aid because the world's at a dangerous place. We need to, we need to like arm uh, Ukraine and figure out what Israel needs to not to, to make it feel safer. So it doesn't fucking, uh, you know, turn the rest of the Middle East into sheet glass. And Kevin McCarthy used this moment to um, say he's open to returning to the speakership because the world desperately needs Kevin McCarthy. Right, clearly. Um, the, just as, as a show of how unserious Republicans are uh, about how the U.S. conversations all bluster and no nuance, you read more sensible takes in Israeli newspapers. Here's Haaretz, Israel, Israel's newspaper record. Um, quote, Israel can't imprison two million Gazans without paying a cruel price. You would not see that opinion in an American newspaper. And here's Israel's New York Times printing this opinion piece. Right. Here's another edi- editorial in Haaretz. The disaster that befell Israel today is a clear responsibility of one person, Benjamin Netanyahu. The prime minister completely failed to identify the dangers he was conspicuously leading Israel into and in establishing a government of annexation and dispossession while embracing a foreign policy that openly ignored the existence and rights of Palestinians. Um, an Israeli who was literally just shot at, spent the day running from Hamas, says there's nothing that can justify what's happened. Absolutely. Yet I know that what, what they've been through, I've heard their stories when so much hate builds up in you, this is the outcome. Desperate people are dangerous. Yeah. Uh, a woman who was just shot at by the bad guys that Marco Rubio was screaming about has a more sensible take about what it will take to get out of the situation than any American politician I've heard talk about it. Right. Because it sounds like she actually has experiences with the people on the other side, you know, like on a personal level. Like she's actually yeah. talked to them and spent time with them and stuff like that. And, you know, when you do that, uh, you tend to be more empathetic. It uh, breeds understanding eventually. But uh, and then, yeah, but then you have people like Marco Rubio probably never stepped foot over there and don't know shit about it. Talking about how everybody needs to be eradicated. Um, yeah. Not good. It's like, like, I'm just like throwing this out. Like we've done the same thing over and over and over again for close to a century. Maybe something different. Yep. That's my wild pitch. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I just know maybe something different and yep. thoughts and prayers to the people, the powerless people on both sides of this conflict who are going to be killed by their fucking governments and militias. So yep. it's just like, just so stupid. Yeah. And I got a feeling it's probably, probably going to get worse before it gets better. I would imagine. So Yes. yes. Uh, wish the best. Well, that's, yeah. Like you said, thoughts and prayers. But I don't pray. I hope everybody, I just hope that it doesn't get too bad. Don't know what else to say. But Oh, Netanyahu goes to prison. You get a sensible leadership who finds some path to negotiate, find an honest negotiating partner somewhere in Gaza they can deal with to get the more humanitarian aid so they're less radicalized and find them ways to have actual jobs and lives and medicine. And then yep. less Israelis will die. You know, less Gazans will die, less Americans will die because it won't radicalize fucking Al Qaeda. This shit, you know, so like it's just get groups like Al Qaeda. Yeah. All right. Thank you all for uh, being with us this week. We appreciate it. Real quick, again, come see me on the road. Go to trycrowder.com. Check the book out around here and over yonder. Subscribe to this podcast on your podcast platforms. Hit that like button, smash it, subscribe, share all that stuff. And uh, check us out on Patreon, weeklyshoes.com slash more. But most importantly, keep coming back on Skews Days, and we will too. We'll see you all next week. Love you, bye. Yeah.